Were you also there one time when we were at Club 2000, our old pool hall haunts, and that guy who looked like Rabsy Nesbitt showed up, and he had one of the biggest willies I've ever seen. Oh, smart, fun tangent, but related to what you just said. Did uh, listen to a podcast? Do you know Willem Dafoe has got a massive hog? I, I've heard that before. Didn't he put uh, it on Jesus Christ, once? man! Just do a fucking search. There's a gif of him like jumping up and down with it. It's um, it's impressive, man. I was I was shocked. But he does. I I have to say, he does have that big dick energy. So it's kind of the follow through makes sense. <laughs> Are you telling me when I watched Spider Man and the Green Goblin was chasing Spider Man in his glider that he had an absolute peace between his legs? I was talking to my friend about it this weekend, and uh, we are now absolutely uh, can, well. It's 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 now canon that the 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 Green Goblin and uh, the cinematic universe for Spider Man with Tobey Maguire does in fact have a massive dick. It's canon. Can't avoid it. Can't get away from that. That's true. <laughs> I've heard that before. But yeah, no, I'd encourage you to have a have a wee, have a wee no. search. Used to me. Thank you. For well, there you go. Yeah, I'm glad I can enlighten you both. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Bob. It's just when you mentioned it about uh, your your experience for uh, large was businesses. Not, I, thought it, I'd, I don't uh, think Wonderful's ever been to Club Two Thousand, so it's probably not there. We cannot that. confirm or deny that. Duncan he'd enjoy can, it. He'd enjoy might have been it, up, it might have it might have been up to uh, the Leonards at some point without our knowledge. <laughs> up to the Leonards. And did he consider a wee curry, you know? <laughs> up to the and definitely prince. got food poisoning. Aye. Oh, just there's a guy who looks like Rab seen his bit and he's talking to him the bouncer and then all his pals with him and his pals were like Oh mate his name is B Fallive. And we're like, what? He's like, ah, mate, you called me Beef Olive. And I'm like, why is that? He even talked like Rabsy Nesbitt, to the point where I think he might have been a Rabsy Nesbitt impersonator. He's like, ah, Beef Olive, I've got, mate, I've got a big one on me, mate. I've got a big one on me. I didn't believe him, but then his mate pulled out his phone, and he had a video of this guy, Beef Olive, a.k.a. Rabsy Nesbitt. Uh, no, do you know what? I do remember this, because you see when you were saying, <laughs> I, I was thinking that you'd been, some, some guy had exposed himself to you. Uh, but I remember oh. somebody showing it as a video, just completely unprompted. Which, which um, would which would not be would would not be uh, that uncommon for Club Two K if someone did in fact expose themselves. Stranger things have happened. I just remember watching the video, and it may have not have been that guy. It may have been all after having with us, but I do remember <laughs> the video. The man had one hand on it, and the other hand had it slightly ha- lower down on it, and he was still had enough to swing around like a rope. It was. Something else, wow. yeah, something else. I do feel bad. I do feel bad for any of his wives or girlfriends because that's like unaccommodatingly big. <laughs> that's like give you a troubling weight cut, big. <laughs> like I could lose a couple inches of this thing and I'll make weight, you know. That'd be commitment to the craft. Guys like that, man. You know, like how lasses grow their hair out and then donate it to like cancer patients and stuff. Like guys with massive <laughs> schlongs. Don't continue. <laughs> oh my <Okay>. god! <laughs> that conversation shift is required here, boys. <laughs> Thinking you, you need to know how your alcohol and bring us back. But <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Um, I just got saying the Willem Dafoe is not a charitable man. That's all. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> He's not doing his bit, is he? <laughs> Well, Duncan, from the video I saw, he would have enough to supply all three of us uh, and still have plenty to spare. So yes, yes, he is not a charitable man.
the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. episode 11 of uh, Don't Sweat the Technique podcast. Uh, how are you both? Very Fantastic. good. Excited for a special <laughs> All Heggy Vibes episode, man. Oh uh, yeah, you should both be ready to say nothing and listen to me for the next hour and a half. I expect only you to spo- speak when you're spoken to. <laughs> yes, teacher. Yes, my <laughs> um, so yeah, leading into our name very much of not sweating the technique. This is a, uh, as as promised before, an NBA themed uh, episode of the podcast, which uh, obviously I am super excited about. Um, you two are at least being polite uh, and seem to be moderately um, interested so far, but we'll see how much that pans out through the the. The, the conversation as it kind of goes forward. <laughs> Seem to be moderately interested. Actually quite interested. It's not worry about Okay, that. well I like that, I like that. I'll get get some of this high energy, some of this uh, big dick energy in, or uh, big Defoe energy if you want. Big uh, Defoe dick energy. I will say, full disclosure, my favourite part of NBA right now is where someone gets elbowed, be it on accident, but I'm sure you're here to you know expand that appreciation. <laughs> Yeah, going back to to your sporting roots. Um, so yeah, so that so that the the purpose of the podcast that as I'm going to try and lead us through it is going to be very much a non deep dive discussion, getting both of your perspective on the sport and on the National Basketball League, um, uh, and and just have a general chit chat because for me, um, basketball has been a big part of my life for a long time since I, pretty much as far back as I can remember. Um, more or less kind of staring as it did for a lot of people from uh, Space Jam the movie uh, I'm sure you can at least both relate to seeing that when we were, were young young baddies um, oh, yeah. do you, do you, have you both, I take it you both have seen it? of course <laughs> yes I've seen it uh, I had, I'm pretty sure I had Space Jam and VHS, I also had a huge like Looney Tunes anthology on VHS, it was like a big part, remember those VHS cases you used to get that double tape thing in it, it was like a huge like book Yeah, thing. like uh, it's really bad for the environment kind of plastic ones. Oh yeah, like five wheels would die making <laughs> one of them, you know. That's, I had one of those, it was a big purple Looney Tunes one of them, had two VHSs in it, and I had Space Jam so I was really into it at the time. Even though I didn't really fully understand the rules of basketball, or who Michael Jordan was to that significance. Or even who Bill Murray is at that point. Uh, but no. Oh, but you, Duncan, is have a special place in your childhood. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's a kind of... I've always admired basketball from a distance. Um, I've never been super super into it. 
uh, until until recently, where I've become a bit a bit more involved. But no, Space Jam. I've always really really liked um, the. I think it's just brilliant that they've made this entire professional sport based on that fictional game they had in that, uh, that Looney Tunes film. I think it's so cool, man. It's so interesting, you know. Uh, it's it's just brilliant. It's 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 genius that they've made it an, an actual real sport. Uh, and there's that there's that documentary that came out quite recently, The Last Dance, uh, and it's it's incredible the detail they go into when they're making this whole backstory. Uh, and there's all these crazy characters and these big larger than life people. It's like it's like Spinal Tap. Uh, if you've ever seen that, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can see the the the, the mockumentary correlations between the two. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, I yeah see, I you can see what they were I going love that for. Aspect. I think when you, you look online, you see the the fans get super into it. They've made like a whole years of history going all the way back, like before Space Jam was even out. It's so funny. I think it's brilliant. I'm most um, impressed I, that Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan, you know, transitions so well from being an actor to an actual af- athlete. Well, he was, he was famously, famously a method actor. Uh, and you see it exemplified in his, his transition there. I think, what, what a guy, really, what a guy. Um, Nothing but commitment not, to the craft. It's yeah, certainly exactly, done better than Quidditch exactly. has as a you know a made up sport from fiction. You know what I mean? Uh, what well, was what well, I was going to say, Robert, was um, whether or not this let's face it, this basketball fad that we're in, whether or not it continues uh, yeah. and grows into a legitimate sport, you know, like uh, <laughs> football, or, uh, hockey, or curling. Uh, <laughs> it will always be important for laying the groundwork for things like Quidditch. Uh, to follow in its in its footsteps and yeah. fictional sports becoming real sports, it will always have that influence, and I, I think even you know that's a beautiful thing. A beautiful you can't thing. It's, it's leading the charge. You have to give exactly. these new sports a chance, man. You know whether it's basketball, yeah. or ultimate frisbee, or Quidditch, or whatever it is. You have to give them a chance. It's not their fault they've not been around as long as fighting's been around. You know, like yeah. Cain and Abel, man. That's that's day two in the Bible, and there's already someone getting battered. So that's had a head start. But you know what? We're gonna hear calling out on this new fad, this new sport. No, I, 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 I have to say, I, I appreciate you both taking the time from a made-up sport to, to listen. Yo-yos, <laughs> pogs, beatboxing, boys, basketball. We'll see how long that yeah. lasts. But on you go, Colin. On you go. Let, let right, us thank you. Right. So, so uh, yeah, Space Jam. Uh, I, so I was gonna lead in with my kind of introduction to the sport uh, at an early age. And uh, following on to becoming a fan of a certain team based on uh, one of my well, my favourite player being LeBron James, um, and that kind of growing into to me as a as a, a fan of of what is the best sport in the world from my perspective, um, which also has led to me playing it. But again, from my point of view, I want to ask the question, and I know the answer for both of you is, but have you ever played basketball? <laughs> oh, 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 Duncan, you go first. Well, Colin, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's a stretch to say I played it. I, I did play in school because it was part of our uh, standard grade and higher PE unit. Yeah, it's like, it's like, so it's I, like I a, a necessity yeah. that you have to take part in it. Um, but I, I did play. I played it with uh, with you guys. I played it after school and like uh, lunchtime sometimes. Um, it's never really joined a, a team per se, but. Um, now the last time I played it, and this is this is kind of was that was a charity game, and I think that I played that with you. In fact, it was definitely with you, Colin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played in a charity game. 
And to kind of illustrate how long ago it's been since I played basketball, it was a, a charity game where we came in full costume, <laughs> and I came dressed. This is the this is the era we lived in. This was okay back then. I came dressed as what can only be described as a Chinaman. <laughs> with, with, um, with you know sandals that were not very practical for for playing basketball, uh, a right. silk kung fu suit embossed with with dragons, uh, one of those triangular rice paddy bamboo hats. Um, <laughs> deeply, deeply offensive thing to come dressed as. At the time, at the time, I was naive enough to not realise that that was it. Wasn't really okay to just go dressed as a caricature of another race um, of several billion people. Um, and actually, um, I, I don't think I played very well that game. I think we lost. Is that right, Colin? I think we did. I lose. think we did. Yeah. Well, um, is that the one that we were ended up playing? Uh, I think. Some it was it was us versus the teachers in the school. Is that right? No, no, no. I'm no. This is a different one. I'm thinking. Uh, is that a different one? Playing other other students from another school or like just random people who played basketball who, who kind of came oh, to the right. school to play. Yeah, us. yeah. There was uh, a couple of these. Yeah, and I remember so, yeah, this. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember this because I was dressed as a Chinaman, right? Which is is bad form, bad bad form. Um, <laughs> shouldn't do that, people. A full uh, However, the heat was completely <laughs> taken off me because the other team we were playing. We're collectively dressed as ISIS. I didn't look that bad, <laughs> despite being uh, a bit racist myself. My, my racial insensitivity was completely overshadowed, um, so I didn't feel too bad about it. But yeah, to cut a long story short, that was that was the last time I played basketball, way back in high school, um, a long time ago now, and. Um, not played it since, uh, and yeah. I think you have played it since, Robert. I think you were a wee bit more into it than me uh, post high school. But what, what, where, where do you sit on the playing basketball front, Robert? I've 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 tried my hand at this new this new uh, fad that you call basketball. Uh, and all jokes aside, though, um, <laughs> fucking ISIS man, I can't believe that. Uh, I was not part, but so. Colin may remember when we were in high school together. I think Colin, I'm not sure, you may have been the one that got me into basketball, but I joined our high school basketball team, but it was before the point where we were really getting into games against anybody. I was really just practicing with you guys. I mean, to be fair, most I I think I dragged most of our friends at some point or the other into playing basketball, and you could barely call as a team because it was a cobbled (laughs) together bunch of people that did not play basketball, but we ended up pretty much using that as an excuse to run about and kick basketballs at each other during lunch, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah, this is it, right? Yeah. So it would have been me for kicked. sure that brought, yeah, that brought you into the fold at least to, to start with, which might be why you're also no longer in the fold as well. Possibly. Uh, so it's funny because I'm the one of the three of us that actually moved to the US and I'm probably the least invested in basketball out of the three of us. Um, I remember. I've fond memories of it though. Mainly that my um, one of my English teachers used to shout at me because we would play basketball at some lunch times. Uh, so I'd eat, I'd play basketball, I'd be really tired, and then it'd be really warm in the summer times, and they wouldn't open the windows. So I'd just be falling asleep in my English class right after lunch, and uh, I got me in trouble <laughs> a few times. Uh, I remember taking performance PE and doing pretty good at basketball because we practiced so much. Even, so I mean, even if you're terrible. If you're still better than people that don't do anything, you know what I mean? So we mm. still had good times there. I had great times playing with you and our kind of high school childhood friends that we still, you know, keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, and then kind of through the years, even though I started doing boxing, MMA and stuff like that, um, 
yeah, I really, I remember showing up to basketball practice quite often with you guys. Um, it wasn't really super my passion, but I did enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I'm pretty bad, so that was pretty much why I was quite self-conscious of how bad I was. So, um, mm-hmm. but I remember. So I remember thinking, right, I've practiced a bit. I'm okay at basketball. I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, the other thing we remember is our high school te- uh, headmaster was used to play for Scotland, and I just have yeah, a, yeah. I, I do have a memory of the one time I was there when he showed up, where he was just raining half court shots without looking. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest <laughs> thing. I'd never seen this man do anything athletic apart from take down a Ned one time. And he was absolutely <laughs> dropping half-court shots without looking, man. It was insane. But so my where my basketball story continues is when I moved to the US at 17 uh, in 2010. And every Monday night, so I, I was part of a church program thing. And every Monday night, people would come together. There was this uh, youth center of the church. I guess it was a huge church, right? So they had this uh-huh. family and youth center that had a basketball court and a stage and all this stuff. And we'd play every Monday night in this full-size basketball court. And I, I, I was... It wasn't good. I'll just say my report card wasn't good compared to the Americans <laughs> who've been playing casual... But, I mean, someone who's played something casually all their life is going to be infinitely better than some kid who's played it fairly regularly for about a year or two, you know? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. You're also baselining against American casual basketball, which is very different yeah. uh, to Scottish people's baseline uh, couple of uh, higher PE uh, sessions <laughs> during school. I don't that, I didn't, that's, Yeah, I don't even take higher PE, man. I take performance PE to fill in some gaps in <laughs> my timetable. <laughs> But yeah, that, that also involved uh, booting basketballs up and down the, the the court when you were in that class as well. <laughs> that was part of the curriculum, booting the basketballs up the court. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I, I played Monday night. And I got a little bit better, but I was always getting schooled on, man. It was just unbelievable how good these guys were in comparison to me. I got my revenge, though, because one day we all went out to play football. Good old football. <laughs> and I, again, the tables were turned. I, I am terrible at football. I am the worst <laughs> football player that's ever walked God's green earth. But see, in America, in Texas, where there wasn't any football players, I was Pele, mate. I was absolutely <laughs> I, I don't want to get into it too much. And I'm not making this up, but I looked really good. At one time, we were playing at the local campus for the college, the, uh, the mm-hmm. city college, Texas Tech. And the girl, a girls team were playing, right? A college girls soccer team were playing. And they wanted to take us on for some practice for a laugh or whatever. And we accepted. And I am not making this up. I rainbow flicked the fucking ball over my head <laughs> and booted it into the top right corner. Like Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever done on a football pitch. It Ev- sounds like the greatest thing that you you might have ever done in your life. Ne- next to Mary Life, yes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's on my CV. It's on my resume. I'm not joking. Uh, and then, you know, after that, every, I went back to basketball and it was terrible. But... Um, so my, my excuse of basketball, and it's po- even when I came back from America for a bit and hung up, hung up with you guys again, I love playing with you guys. But I just, uh, to show you how un- uninterested I was in NBA watching it, I was in Florida when the Heat got to the finals in 2012, mm-hmm. I believe. 
And I fell asleep. I had people waking me up by shouting, "Go, we won, we won, man!" And I was just like, "You, you were just, you were just like, what's going on?" I fell right asleep now? for the whole game. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but <laughs> see that's that, see that's see that's yeah. quite that's quite interesting to me because like from from my perspective, and it's obviously flipped for me as someone who's come to to UFC later in life. Um, I think one of the reasons that I quite like it, uh, the UFC. Um, I can see a lot of comparison in the way that um, the sports are marketed, at least on the front level when it comes to the NBA as a sport. Because you've only got five guys for a team at any given time and they're both playing offense and defense and you usually are running, if you've got a really good player, the ball through them on every time the ball goes down the floor. So they get an opportunity to almost be the face of a team. Um, mm. and the, the the sports marketed around it and I, it's the, that's why I like the UFC the UFC is built on matchups fighters to fighters if you're watching if you're watching the playoffs right now for example every billing of any team is best player versus best player and what the matchups are yeah. um and I, I quite like that um and it's so that's quite I mean everyone everyone's interested in their own stuff but I think it's quite interesting to me how you were never drawn to it because it was the opposite for me on the UFC front coming from basketball. I, I, I love the UFCs um, as a sport and I also love the fact that the fighters were the front you know, front and centre of the sport. The personalities were right there. Everything was happening based on the guys that were actually doing stuff. And as basketball is a sport, one of the reasons I love it is because um, as much as you can argue, like I think all American sports... <laughs> there's a lot of stoppages and plays between out of bounds even free throws timeouts challenges pl- on plays have now just been introduced um yeah there's lots of stops and play and um, when the actual sport is going just like the UFC I will try and make every effort to t- tie this podcast back to UFC you will see uh, through no, this no, no. you can you can make it as much of an NBA as you want no 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 no, no, I'm I'm saying this out of a genuine interest point for me because okay. um, when it's actually going, compared to, you, you, you were just talking about football there, which is a sport that surrounded us when we were growing up, I always yeah. thought it was quite slow football. As much as there's the, the sport is happening a lot more, there's so much not happening while it's actually being played. Whereas I think in basketball, much smaller court, fewer guys, you know, you go up one end, there's a basket. You go down the other end, there's not a basket. It's constantly moving. Um, yeah. I think that's why I was drawn to it so much, is just that, from a watching perspective. Um, even even as someone that lives in the states and has more exposure to the big the big sports um, here, basketball is the out of baseball and football. There is a lot less stoppages. You know, it's a lot more of a fast paced game. Mm-hmm. You know, watching baseball that's a slow thing to watch. Watching yeah, NFL slightly more so. Or less than, less yeah. than basketball. More than basketball, less than baseball. You know. So very yeah, I can feel your pain with falling asleep for the the heat game, Bob. The one baseball game I've been to, I also fell asleep. Um, it's very, very, very little happens. Um, <laughs> Did you just say basketball? Yeah, basketball. basketball. <laughs> Is that not what it's called? New hybrid. Is that, I'm pretty sure that was in future. Uh, uh, what sport are we talking about? In this podcast uh, called <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beautiful hybrid game. No, I'm not not sure. I think there Bas- was there was definitely ba- some elbows getting thrown at one point. But <laughs> basketball basketball was a film made by the inventors of South Park. Uh, That's Baker right. So it was. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But, another um, fictional, fictional sport. Another, another fictional sport. Uh, yeah, but right in the heels of the NBA here, picking up in uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, so any day now, mate, coming coming across the pond. <laughs> um, so that's, that 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 kind of segues quite nicely into a, a couple of talking points that I want to kind of go through on the NBA, and and then we can we can we can talk about um, the sport in a less general sense, and maybe do a bit of a quiz at the end. So so sure. so we're talking about the the NBA as also the professional side, um, and it's also started back up during COVID which is something that the UFC was one of the first sports to do. Um, and I don't know whether you know, I think, well, I, th- I think Duncan, you have, cause we've had conversations outside of this, but uh, do you know much about what the NBA are doing right now in terms of how they're actually m- moving the sport forward to actually follow through in the playoffs um, despite all of the restrictions that are in place across well the world at the moment? Yeah, I'm, w- I'm aware of the bubble system. Um, which yeah. I think is what you're what you're getting at, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So yeah. So the the they invited originally. So the the NBA stopped uh, play in March, like most leagues. It was actually one of the first leagues to stop. Um. And it was because it had a high profile case of COVID. Uh, it was the first professionally um or professional player that was publicly announced uh, in the major three sports in America to have COVID. Um, it was a guy called Rudy Gobert who played for the Jazz. He very, very publicly on a post-game interview made fun of uh, coronavirus. Uh, and this was back when no one really, I guess, knew the severity of it, which is maybe defending him. But uh, he touched a bunch of the reporters' mics and then apparently was doing a lot of the same in the locker room. Then it turned out on the night that the Jazz were meant to play that uh, <laughs> he had contracted the virus uh, and the NBA reacted quite quickly to pull all the games that evening. And there was a lot of posturing about moving the season forward with no fans in stadium, which is very similar to a lot of the other sports uh, across the world and how they were looking at it at the time. Um, and then I think everyone kind of hit a wall uh, going into April, May that, you know, it's not the priority to get sports back up and running and it just wasn't feasible mm-hmm. but I, I i would like to like kind of talk about what the nba have done because i think it's quite to, you, there's different perspectives and whether you people think that pe- sports should be moving forward at the moment as it's not a an essential service um and a lot of people i guess are kind of sick of the covid narrative as well and just want to move on with their lives so i can see both perspectives but the nba essentially what duncan was saying there moved all of uh, the players within 23 of the 30 teams that had a shot of making the the postseason into a bubble in orlando disney specifically um, and made three courts and have had them playing out of that bubble uh, to finish up the season with an adapted season of eight games and then they've moved into their postseason so the playoffs which is east versus west brackets um, and for the most part I, I think i've been quite impressed um, and it's quite interesting to see at least the media's perspective of it as well as it's kind of gone through this process um, because there was a big shift of people that were pro getting started early then very against the NBA actually moving people into a bubble because it didn't seem feasible. And now they've had, you know, they've been in there for what is, I think, f- probably about nine weeks now, um, which is a long time because they are isolated in there. They, they quarantine when they arrive uh, for a 10-day period 
Um, and since then, they've not had any positive cases within the quote-unquote bubble, um, which has been highly successful. Now, if you compare that to what the UFC have done, which is very different sports, it's not quite gone as well. Do 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 either of you have a perspective? Because I don't, I I don't really know why the UFC haven't been as successful in in kind of preventing the positive cases they've had on some of their fighters. Um. May I go first, Duncan? Uh, I mean, I, I just think the UFC, are, compared to the NBA, very, very slapdash in a lot of respects. Uh, not necessarily going to put that much care into, uh, you know, whether or not the fighters contract corona because uh, there's a the UFC are, are, are a bit more concerned with profit margin from bottom line. I think there also might be an element of a lot of, well, not a lot, but some fighters in the UFC being. Uh, and, and the style of Rudy Goldberg, um, in denial, so to speak, uh, you do hear uh, kind of a lot of fringe opinions from, from certain fighters, uh, and, and COVID is among them, not necessarily denying it, its existence, but thinking that it can't possibly affect them. Or, bl- or, or blaming 5G towers. Jared, yeah. Jared Cannonier, I'm looking at you, man. <laughs> I used to <laughs> like you, oh, man. Like Jared. No, I'm disappointed, Jared. He's a, he's a big anti-vaxxer in COVID denial. Uh, uh, I hate finding out people are anti-vax. It's like a smear on, on the resume straight away. I know, man. It's a shame. Um, but yeah, I don't know what your, your thoughts are, Bob. Obviously not handled it as well, but yeah, I'm not sure the, the reasons as to why. Um, to be honest, it sounds like the NBA are doing it a lot more strictly, which is good. Um, for example, UFC are only, Dana White's only requiring people to quarantine for two days, I believe, upon reaching the destination. Which, uh, compared to 10 days, you know, some people, again, are non, I don't know, non they're not asymptomatic, or they, they are asymptomatic, so they're yep. not, you know, they're not suffering from it, but they do have it. Um, and that seems to be a case for a lot of people, so there are some fighters that don't even seem sick, but they have it. Uh, so it's, the, last, uh, the last few weeks we've had fights pulled from pretty much every card, sometimes multiple fights, because yeah. someone, someone's contracted it, Um I mean, Thiago Santos is probably a notable one. He was meant to fight next this week, this week, next week, against Glover Teixeira. And now Michelle Watterson's the main event because he had to pull out. Anyway, this yeah. is not a UFC podcast, so I'll retract that. All I'm saying is the UFC NBA has buku bucks. It has oodles of money. So they can yeah. afford to be a bit more kind of you know, precautionary with it, do things the right way, bully on the side of caution. I mean, there, there, is, there is also the fact that, I mean, that there were positive cases as people were going to enter. So it could just, I mean, the fact that the UFC are having to have, you know, weekend of events or a week day or single night of events leading into a weekend of build up. It's like you're flying people in for a weekend. You can't control the fighters outside of the time before they actually get on that plane or get that test before they get on that plane. It's that, but there's also so much pressure from Dana White and others too for these guys to show up and to fight. And um, they don't have the same, you know, Dana White. If you ask him to give people ten days' notice, he's not going to do it. You know, I mean, he's not going to pay for ten ten more hotel nights or eight more hotel nights in two days. So that's why it's today's. It's it's done as I think Duncan says. It's the baseline. It's about money. It's as cheap as possible. What can we get away with doing that is relatively safe? As opposed to the NBA, or saying, "Well, we have the money. We're a big, massive sport, unlike the UFC. So let's do things yeah. right." You know. 
Um, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a that's a really good point. To be fair, it's, but to be uh, to to not to undercut that, but it's not like the as much as I like to think is the NBA. Um, and kind of one of the main points I wanted to hit on this podcast was uh, I, I think of the NBA and one of the reasons I sounds <laughs> shitty but I'm proud, I'm putting quotation marks here, proud to be an NBA fan um, is because I think the NBA is a really progressive league um, which we'll get into in the next part of the, the topic but uh, I think it's a really progressive league that listens to reason I don't know reason might be a strong but there's so many big leagues and corporations that like frontline narratives despite the science or despite the rationale of people because it will hurt profit margin the NBA seem to lean against that but profit margin is still their focus obviously because ultimately as much as everyone wanted to see the season go ahead the reason everyone wanted the season to go ahead is because the national TV market uh, or media outlets that had rights to you know X amount of games in the playoffs were not going to get that revenue unless the NBA found a way to play those games. Um, so as much as they're investing a shit load of money into three hotels, a campus for all the players, for the media, for the coaches, for the training staff, that's all there so that they can get that, you know, big media money through the door um, but they just obviously oh, yeah. have yeah you're right in saying they have the, they have the resource to be able to set it up at the front right um, so that they can make sure that it's safe on the front at least from the out way that focus is safety being the main priority from the outset um, which is again the way that I don't follow any other sports really other than the NBA and the UFC but I've, I've reflected a little bit through COVID and how important sport is from a from any of us who are sitting watching it as an outlet to enjoy ourselves uh, in relation to people actually, you know, potentially crack, contracting a deadly virus. It's kind of you know, like a philosophical question that's quite hard to answer, I think. I don't know what you used to think about, you know, when you're watching these fighters that are, I guess it's their choice and they're doing it for their livelihood as their jobs, but it's by all accounts not an essential service. They don't need to do it. Nothing will change if they don't do it. I don't know what, what what's your thoughts on on fighters and players or any sport at the moment playing through COVID. My my initial so the thing about the the, the big sports like NBA, MLB, NHL, you know, uh, I nearly said NFA, NHL, um, <laughs> NFL. These guys, most of them are just stupidly rich already so I don't really feel too bad for them because I know most of them are healthy and young too so they're going to be fine if they get it um, but at the same time no I don't want people contracting a virus I would not want the sports to go ahead if they weren't using some kind of bubble system um, when it comes to fighting though I, I feel like I've become I feel like I've become like a, an 1800s Irish traveller I suddenly don't really care <laughs> I don't really care about the health of people. I just care about the fight. You know, I think, ah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right, lad. You'll be okay. You'll be all right now. Come on. You'll be all right. Like, I don't really think about, you know, you as a fight fan, you're already kind of tuning out the part of your brain. It's like, well, what if he gets CTE? Like, you don't care. Yeah. You just think, this is awesome. These men are fighting. Who's going to be the better man when it comes to fighting? Um, yeah. But, We're already risking risking yeah. death in there. What so? What's the problem with risking death from another thing at the same time? 
know what? That's yeah. not, not a shame. There you go. That, that's very that's very true. Like I'm not joking. If Dana White, you know, we were waiting for Fight Island forever to see where it was, and it turned out to be in Yas Island in Abu Dhabi, right? Not really an island in a sense. See <laughs> if Dana White has said, "I'm going to put it on top of a volcano in Norway." I'd have been like, "Cool." I wouldn't have even batted an island. <laughs> I'd, have thought, I'd have thought that's really cool, and that's where it stops. I wouldn't have thought about fighter safety if someone got injured from smoke. I'd have been like, ah, well, you know. So there is an element of being a fight fan. We already, like you're saying, Duncan, you already think, well, you know, they're risking so much already. They'll be fine. Yeah. It's all right, you know. I, but I'll be the first to, to admit, you do. You're very ignorant as a fight fan sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, when it comes to people's health in general, you you, you just kind of tune it out and think, oh, because it is yeah. such a great sport, it's such a spectacle that you can't sit. I mean, that's why even like Conor McGregor's mum can't watch him fight because she's a she doesn't have that mindset. She just sees her boy getting hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And any fighter's mum, she got the most spotlights. I'm using her as an example, but you know. So when it comes yeah. to NBA, even when UFC did start saying, oh, we're going to start doing events, I was thinking right, but you better do it at least mostly in a right way which they kind of have so i can't fault them too much but uh, again they are having positive cases pop up quite frequently and cancel fights so i'm thinking eh, yeah eh. i mean I, I think that yeah it's a good point robert like cta is something you do have to just forget about um to enjoy the sport you know um and similarly i, I do have a lot of sympathy for ufc fighters and mma fighters more so than most athletes in this climate because the fact is if you don't fight, you don't get paid. Like, don't show yeah. up, don't get paid. Whereas in the NBA or NFL or whatever, don't show up, still get paid. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. just because yeah. if you well, have legitimate there's... concerns about, uh, you know, COVID, you're, you're good to not play, uh, sit out, uh, quarantine, yeah. whatever. Whereas the, press, the pressure to actually fight um, is so, so high in the UFC because otherwise, forget it, your livelihood's gone. So, well, that's actually an interesting point because the NBA um, and part of their negotiate their CBA negotiation with the players, um, actually if a player chose to sit out for something that was not health related, so didn't want to risk COVID or wanted to sit out for social justice reasons, which some players have done, um, or for family, just not want to sit in a bubble for three months, which is, I guess, from a lot of people would just not be something they would be willing to do. You you are forfeiting the twenty percent uh, of your salary for that year, but you're not getting the hundred percent of your salary. It's very different still. You're they're still getting a massive well, relatively to each player to player, but they are still getting a portion of their paycheck. Um, but it's just an interesting wrinkle where there is a there is a penalty for them not playing, um, choosing to not play if they're healthy to do so. Yeah, but I think that it's 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 there's more onus on that particular wrinkle in times of of quarantine, you know, because there's there's very legitimate health concerns for not playing. Never mind political reasons, um, which I, yeah. I doubt will ever really come up in the UFC, or at least they haven't so far. But like, there's there's good reasons not to be fighting at all right now. Just for your own health and the health of your family. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really have that choice. I think the ethical thing to do, um, they have taken some precautions, but the ethical thing to do would just be to pay every single fighter on the roster like a baseline salary, um, even when they're not fighting. 
but of course this doesn't need to happen so it, it won't but we you yeah. know I in particular but us collectively do bash the UFC for being miserly scrooges uh, a lot so I would just um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, not that's another that one that's too. another one for that uh, podcast drinking game we were talking about earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah precisely yeah Paul Craig one shot uh, UFC are bastards uh, drink a uh, well, well yeah. is, is it is it it's interesting to get both your thoughts on it. Um, there's a, there's another point in relation to the bubble I kind of wanted to hit on uh, before we moved on to the social justice point that I will more try and run through quickly. But there's there's a, there's been some interesting discussion around how the bubble environment, and we talked about this in relation to the the UFC, is actually in the NBA affecting how the games are being played. And it's an individual player-to-player perspective. Um, and some of the things that you could use as an example of that is um, not travelling. So they're not normally we're in the playoffs now, you would have home and away games. Players and teams that had a better record would have home court advantage. That doesn't exist within this. They have put up a virtual fans. So like the graphics on the floor are for the team that's at home, but they're not really at home. Um, <laughs> get the the uh, the the travel aspect is the also you know from everyone's perspective they're not having to get on a plane and fly across the country within a two day period to play their next game, um, so they're better rested in theory. Um, they've had a longer break leading into this than they normally would. They were off for four months. That's a not an, a break that would exist within the NBA. Um, they've got fake sound pumped into it to to the arena to try and for both fans watching and for uh, the players themselves in the arena and that's again to try and simulate real in-game environments for the players Um, and they also have um, and this one was quite interesting because it affected um, a game that happened the other night is normally an NBA uh, arenas you've got like fans sitting courtside and you've not got that much space between the the sideline and the front but you know those you know your Willem Defoe's of the world that are sitting front court touching the sideline with their dick um (laughs) (laughs) sorry I really will drop that I promise it's starting to sound like I'm a bit of a fat I've got a bit of a fascination for the man and and I do um but (laughs) yeah so there's now much more space so someone was able to step back over a seven foot six player and throw the ball over them uh, to hit a 1.5 second buzzer, buzzer be- sorry, a 0.5 second buzzer beater to win a game, which pulled a series back from being 3-0 down to 2-1 down. Um, and that's something that wouldn't have been able to happen in a normal arena. Um, it's a small wrinkle that no one talked about until it happened, but there's just these weird, because it's not how it's supposed to be, and this is where I'm circling round to my point here, I promise, um, is every single one of these games and ultimately the champion that we get at the end of this playoffs is going to have some kind of asterisk and there's a big discussion happening across all NBA fans about what is the asterisk because it exists and how much are you going to weigh that against I guess the the champion that ends up coming out of the playoffs this year is the the winner and because they didn't do it in a typical environment and and I think that's a really interesting discussion. I don't know about you. I just, I like that, that whole concept of like how much has changed and how that, I mean, some people were saying that the fact that they're having to play inside a bubble for three months without their home court advantage, if you're the better team and um, not with your fans behind you and, um, and not being with their families and um, 
that actually makes it a harder championship than ones before. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, again, it'd be good. It'd be good to get your thoughts on that. And again, feel free to tie that back to the UFC as well. Please, please ignore my gesticulation. I'm, I'm swatting a mosquito away that keeps seeming to show up on my screen. Um, That's all right. Um, well, you know, as as cringy it can, as cringy as it can be, the UFC markets itself often very much with the words of guys like Max Holloway and Jorge Masvidal. Anytime, any place, anywhere. You know, I'm game. I'll fight anybody. Blah blah blah. You know, as long as I'm getting paid. And you kind of admire that. You think, oh well, you know, of course you'd be the winner anywhere. I'm pretty sure some fighters have even said like, oh, I could fight on the moon. And I'd win, you know what I mean? Like, I'll fight anywhere. So, yep. as cringy as that can be sometimes, depending who says it and how they say it, there is an element of truth to that that I don't think anyone could take anything away from you. I can't. I don't think that could be an excuse for an NBA team losing to another team. I would hate to see someone say, oh, well, you know what, see if we were playing a regular court of fans, we don't want that. Uh, you know, I think if you can, if you can be the winner... On a in a very strange and different environment from the one you're used to, then you are actually the, the deserving winner. You know what I mean? I don't. If you're if you've been given more adversity in a sense, and you overcome mm-hmm. it, then you're absolutely. You know. Now, of course, there will be an asterisk. There will be. Well, you were the champions when shit was hitting the fan in the world. You know, when we're in a living in a very strange and hopefully very temporary time, but. No, I don't think anyone could do anything away from anybody that wins during these times. In fact, you should give them more praise because, you know, they're living in such a strange environment. Things like that, the kind of freak thing about, you know, scoring a point over somebody where they maybe wouldn't have been able to have done because Willem Dafoe would have been sitting there with his pet iguana between his legs. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. You know, he may say, well, that's bullshit because normally there'd be someone there who couldn't make the shot. But, you know... Um, you've got to be able to adapt if you're to be the best. I think that's you know evolution's proved it for millions of years. Sports have proved it for hundreds of years. You know, um, you've got to be able to adapt to new things. Like we were talking in the preamble, Djokovic. I don't know if that's if you, if you even say his name. The tennis player hit a lady in the throat with a tennis ball that he angrily swatted away in frustration, and he was making a big thing about getting ejected. And it's like, yeah, but it's not your court, man. It's everyone's court. And if you break the rules, you're out. So they get the, the, for me, it comes back to respecting the sport, what it is at the moment, how can you do it at the moment? Because say, like, if they added, this is a tangent, I'll cut it short, but say they added soccer kicks back into MMA, mainstream MMA in the West, you know, like, you would have to adapt to that and that'd be it. You couldn't say, well, if, I, if soccer kicks were illegal, I would have won. You can't think like that. You have to just be like, okay, Am I going to rise to this new challenge or not? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> couldn't, re- couldn't resist no, the, I, Lemmy, the I, Lemmy I, reference. No, I like uh, what I like the Levy reference. Just pulling us back to previous discussion as well. But no, I think that's a really interesting point, Robert. Like I, I agree with that as well. Um, just to play devil's advocate a, li- a little bit is a lot of people argue the counter to that and say the difference is significant enough to say that the championship is less worth less worthy than a normal one um which i'm everyone obviously entitled to their opinion but i i think you you're having a really good point there on the fact that the adversity that and the unfamiliarity that the players are going through is a huge part of what their what this championship will represent alongside a lot of other things as well and what are your thoughts duncan uh, I mean, it's very different, very different for all the players, unlike anything they've ever experienced. Um, 
you know, outside the bubble, they don't have to deal with Chris Paul being a mega snitch in a recording. <laughs> everything they do, Tony's hotline. Do you want? Do you, you want? Do you want to elaborate now that I've uh, you? Because uh, just for anyone who listens who doesn't know that you're uh, you're referencing there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Paul. I mean, I I only found this out because Colin's been telling me about Chris Paul. Uh, just mega snitch. Um, <laughs> you know, draws fills by telling people that their their shirts undone, uh, which is <laughs> uh, illegal in, in basketball. So he gets his gets his three throws in. Great man. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, you don't have to deal with that sort of thing uh, outside. Well, maybe you do. I could see him keeping tabs on people across the country. But um, uh, in, in the bubble environment, you know, it's it's more um, it's, it's more concentrated. He's got, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got his eyes on you, no matter where you go. Yeah. So there's stressors. Uh, there's there's different things that you don't have to deal with. Nevertheless, um, I do completely agree with with what Robert was saying. Um, it doesn't really change how meaningful it is. I think. Sports can change uh, or be different or distinct enough in a single year or single season to have that big asterisk next to them where you're, you're always questioning those results in the future. Um, and, and that might be something like um, you know Roy Jones Jr. in the Olympics when there's that horrendous biased decision from the, the, the home court. Maybe something like that. Yeah. You know, an individual thing that you, you look back on and you think, well, that this skews the result. That's, that's not correct. However, I don't think... I don't know as much about the game as, as yourself, Colin, but I don't consider the differences enough. Like Robert was saying, I just don't think they're enough to, um, to call place it, any uh, doubt on the, the champions. Yeah, to, to really yeah. Um, call this out at all. I mean, the, 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 were... the, only, the, only, the only thing that you could argue that I, um, or some people would argue, is that relation to the fact that they only played an average of about 62 games this year when they normally play 82. Um, that's one of the things that, you know, you didn't yeah. have to go through the same road to get to the, the playoffs. But that's not, un- you know, we've had lockout seasons in the NBA. 2010, 2011, they only played, I want to say, about 62 games as well because there was a CBA negotiation strike by the Players Association. Yeah. So th- yeah, this isn't fine. uncommon and people generally yeah. don't remember that even happened. <laughs> And to your point, it's an it's an evolving sport. It will continue to change in the future. Not every season will be the same. In the past, there was you know not as many teams, perhaps more teams. I don't know. Different. They, they didn't. They didn't games, have a. Games, they didn't have a, a three point line at one yeah. point. So big big changes throughout. I don't consider the ones like if they were playing underwater this season. Right, that's a big <laughs> that's a big t- note next to this 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 result. Like played underwater might not count for much. If if the mud stars were came down to play them, they were playing with the Looney Tunes and stretching their arm all over the court with their, their superpowers. Maybe that doesn't count as much, you know. Maybe we have or, to look or, at that through, or, our, through our lens. But, or um, that is a, another example of overcoming adversity. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps that counts for the most. That's the changes the game. It's the biggest season yet. I, I don't know. But I I completely agree with Robert. In my view, there's there's you really cannot say that the result isn't legitimate. Legitimate, and it does annoy me when people say things like to take your example for the UFC, Robert. Like, oh well, if he could have kicked him in the head here with pride rules, he would have won. Well, if it was pride rules from the start. They wouldn't have trained the same way. They wouldn't have fought the same way. The The guy who could have got hit, kicked in the head, theoretically, would not have found himself in that situation because he knows he could get kicked in the head and he's a professional fighter. I, I, that logic just never makes any sense to me. Um, you, yeah, you, you roll with what you're given um, and the results speak for themselves. Yeah. yeah, totally totally off topic, but um, you talking about if they were underwater has given me some serious blitzball nostalgia from Final Fantasy X, but... I don't know if any of you played that. <laughs> Maybe we've seen that's some what, that's, what, 
New sport. That's a that's, that's a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, no, no, that's good. I'm um well I I will I'll quickly move on then to um I think I would be remiss not to also mention a huge focus of, of this uh bubble um also relates to and we touched on it a little bit earlier, the social justice justice movement that's happening across uh, the world and particularly in the US now. Um I do not want to go into mass amounts of detail on this because we have done we've done a podcast where we all gave our perspectives on it and I think from talking to you both separately outside of this podcast our, our perspectives have not changed. We, we, we don't have mass amounts to add to this. Um, I just want to kind of outline what the NBA are doing um, and and how it kind of, you know, where it sits. And it would be something that I'd maybe like to pick up again as we, and I'm sure we will in conversations going forward. Um, so, as I said earlier, the, uh, the NBA very progressive league I think has been. I did touch on that during our podcast uh, when we talked about this issue. Um, they've they've made strides through pressure from the players, and I would say the pressures come from the players, which is a predominantly black league, um, to um, push the message of equality um, for for black people in America um, and all uh, ethnic minorities. Um, they have got and in doing so they've put allowed the players to put messaging on the back of their jerseys throughout the entirety of the the bubble experience they have put a massive logo on the floor that's in front of on all three courts that are getting games played black lives matter and they have um output and massive amount of marketing in between games both on their streaming service and on the national televised streams tnt abc you know, NBA TV, they're all doing um, individual team dis- like um, adverts around the issue, around voting, um, around um, individual players' experience. They're putting a lot of messaging into the bubble that's focused around it. Um, they also, going into this bubble, committed to spend $300 million over the next 10 years um, or, uh, in terms of funding into... Uh, charities and specific organisations focused on these issues, um, which is going to be run by a combination of the NBA representatives from the NBA league, the ownership and the players, along with some outside bodying consultation. Um, that's also been backed by Michael Jordan as well, who's also committed a hundred million of himself to the issue over the next ten years. So, and that's just the base funding they're going to be trying to raise money around that. Um, so loads and loads of effort, at least on the front uh, of what the league are trying to do. However, um, that doesn't mean that the players are necessarily um happy still with where they are I don't think anyone still is there's some players that have chose not to go to the bubble because they feel they can do more with their voice outside um, but after the recent shooting of Jacob Blake uh, which I'm again not going to go into the specifics of you know, the guy, what happened um, just another person in America a black man in America that was getting shot by the police raised a lot of issues again about the issue in general, the players walked off the court they didn't play for three days there was a lot of conversation of potentially shutting the whole bubble down because players wanted to go home and actually push for change themselves that's calmed down a bit now um, and I think the main purpose now is there's a lot of front front messaging from the NBA um, in terms of you know, we care about this message, it's important to us, but 
the players are still seeing that as a and and the money investment is great, but they're still seeing a lot of talk and no action. I think with this issue, we touched on this before, the action based on what the people can and can't do is not going to be quick. But I think the players want to see more from the ownership because ultimately these teams are owned by billionaires. <laughs> billionaires that are incredibly powerful as in all corporate uh, capitalist society, they hold the fucking keys to change. If they want to have something change, they will lobby for it. Look at the fucking NRA. Uh, look at any big corporation that doesn't want legislative change. They will make sure it doesn't happen with enough money. They want the ownership for their teams that they're playing for. That ultimately, games don't happen unless the players play. They're making money for these owners. They want the owners to use their individual power to push for this change. Um, and it's still early days in what that's going to be. Players have taken up the court again, they're playing again, um, and it'll be interesting to see what those next steps are and what the roadmap is that the NBA are committing to for the players um, going forward. And one of the bigger messages, this last point on this, well, is that they're trying to push um, not just, um, obviously not just black Americans, um, but Americans in general to vote in the upcoming election. Um, which is going to be vastly important for many, many reasons. Um, and there's an interesting stat that I actually saw when talking to a friend yesterday that only 20% of NBA players, despite all this, are actually registered to vote, um, or at least were registered wow. to vote in the last election, which is crazy when you think about it. But also maybe a little bit of a, you know, a highlight of where a lot of people are in America in terms of their, Quite a lot their perspective on it. Uh, that's maybe a good point. Yeah, uh, I think it was. I think the nu- the number is of those that were eligible to vote, um, okay. um, that were not. Re- I don't know. I think the number uh, was for the last election, so it, it might not be that number. But it does show that there's still a lot of even the players that are getting very close to this message at the moment that are actually still not registered. Um, and there's a lot of push by the Players Association to try and change that. The NBA teams have also put up, I think the now commitment of all 30 stadiums across the NBA are going to be used as uh, polling stations um, for the upcoming election to allow for COVID measures to socially distance and take allow people to have more opportunity to vote without massive issues, which is going to still be a problem during this upcoming election. Whether you're voting Republican or Democrat, it's still the importance of voting is, is there um, and I'm sitting on a very big high horse while I'm kind of talking about this I, I still consider myself incredibly naive about these issues um, and will continue to try and educate myself and one of my biggest conduits to that is the NBA and I feel, going back to me saying that I'm proud to be an NBA fan I feel privileged that I'm getting this thrown in my face so abruptly um, through the sport that I love because it's there and I can't avoid it um, and the player's by playing the sport and doing this bubble, haven't achieved that. And that's the reason why so many of them have committed to go. Um, and walking off the court is them using their voice again. Um, I will stop now. I'll let you both, if you want to add anything to this, uh, go ahead. Um, and if not, then we, c- we can move on to something a little bit more uh, upbeat. <laughs> that's all right. Um, it's really good points, man. You've It's... It's ad- it's uh it's admirable that you're not just taking the sport at its face value that you're looking at the deeper um I guess the deeper messages that the sport wants you to take notice of. Um I will say that 
I think it's great that the the athletes are actually the ones taking a stand for these things that they actually have they're in the position where they can make some change and that they're actually stepping up to the plate is great for a fighter in like the UFC, Bellator, LFA, whatever, you know, prize fighting is different because you are kind of treated like shit. Um, the moment you try and get any leverage for yourself, you just kind of lose your power because you're you're always underneath, you know, um, whoever's paying you. NBA, people are paid so much money. It's kind of a more even playing field. If LeBron James said tomorrow, I'm not playing till this shit's sorted out, then it's a huge blow to the company. And he's just one guy in one team. But you know what I mean. It's a big, it's a bigger difference. Um, and when it comes to the voting thing, now again, please forgive me if I am totally ignorant on the subject or if I'm even wrong in saying this. But my understanding is that you know a lot of the NBA players from the black community um, don't come from the best beginnings. They come from quite humble beginnings. Am I right in saying that? There's, I mean, I think that's that's it's kind of systemic or systematic of a lot right. of just generally black people in America, yeah, so it's not unfair to say. And I might I might be also correct or incorrect, but I think I'm correct in saying that a lot of people from humble circumstances do not register to vote because they are quite jaded because of the way the system is set up. Um, they feel like voting Absolutely. will not make a difference to their life. It won't make a difference in the grand scheme of things because life is still extremely hard for them. They still have to live where they live. They still have to deal with the people they deal with. Um, they're not privileged mm-hmm. as much as I might be or someone else. Um, and again, skin color is a complete consequence of that. It is not, you know, to say that, <laughs> you know, it's it's irrelevant at that point. It's it's unfortunate that the way the world has turned out from history that, you know, if you've got a certain skin color, your situation may be different. That's a really terrible thing. And I think that's the main thing people are pushing for is equality. I, I caught some of the, the, the Heat and Bucks game today when I was at my in-laws. And I saw a lot of the players said Black Lives Matter on their jerseys. I saw they had equality on their jerseys. And that's great, man. Like, I'm really glad that these guys on national TV can, you know, push their message to get more equality in the world so we don't live in a world where your skin color dictates your opportunities um, or your treatment, for that matter. Um, And again, I'm glad these guys who have the, the power to say, well, you know what, I'm not playing or I'm kneeling or whatever, that they're doing it. Um, and again, uh, the last thing I wanted to say about that was that it, I completely empathize with people who might say, well, you know, it's not my responsibility to be part of this political movement or uh, civil rights movement. I get that, you know, it's a lot of pressure to take upon yourself. No one's telling you you should do it. But I often find that responsibility is thrust upon you. Um, the responsibility to do the right thing is often thrust upon you at times you don't expect it to be. And it, the kind of mark of your character is whether you rise to that challenge or not. Now, of course, you can have empathy for people who don't. But I'm really glad that so many guys are stepping up to the mark and saying, well, you know what, I can see that it's my time to do something or say something, and I'm going to do something. Um, we, live and we live and we learn, but again, these so many of these guys being from um, being black and being from humble beginnings or being a minority that isn't black really obviously makes it a big issue for them. They're brothers and sisters. I mean, you know, you can you can be salty and say, well, we're all brothers and sisters. Right, okay, but there's a very specific group of our brothers and sisters that are having an extremely difficult time for circumstances that they can't help. And I'm not talking about poverty or whatever. I'm just talking about equality, about equality of opportunity. You know, that's what everyone should have. Um, so that's why, I, even though I don't watch the NBA right now, I do admire what they're doing. You know, the UFC, uh, we talked a lot on the Black Lives Matter episode 
about how the UFC have done a little bit. They've done like, oh, you've put a message out here and there, a statement here and there. Uh, even video games like Call of Duty put a little splash screen at the start of the loading screens being like, hey, Black Lives Matter, guys. Um, and that was it, really. They did it because they were kind of expected to do it, whereas the NBA seemed to have quite a, a firm stance on it because of the players, and they're continuing to do something about it, which is good. I don't know where their money's going to go. I don't know how effective their choice LeBron James money is going to be uh, in fixing these issues, but you know what? It's better than not doing anything, and I hope it is effective, and I hope that it goes to the right people and places that it needs to go to. And, um it's quite admirable and it actually makes me it weirdly makes me want to be a fan of NBA seeing all this uh, what do you think Duncan? I'm kind of rambling now but no I think you're making some fantastic points Bob um, I, yeah I broadly agree I think um, they're handling it about as well as you could expect any any sport to handle it I think it is always good to remain sceptical of companies as, as big and as rich as the NBA Mm. Though and um, as much as I think they're they're doing a very good job with things right now, the stance they've taken is one that they all kind of have to take in a sense. Um, their identity and basketball as a sport is, is so tied to black culture and, and black history that you you can't just ignore this issue. You can't just take an, a non political stance. Um, it's the elephant in the room that many many young fans of basketball. Uh, want to see addressed, um, so it's you know it's what they're doing is is necessary to a degree. Um, I don't think it's their motivate. You know they, I, I think it's good to remain suspicious of their motivations to an extent. Um, but you can't fault the players whatsoever. Um, I think they you have to commend them for like you say coming forward with with their stances for holding the league as a whole to a higher standard and and pushing for change from a player perspective. Uh, that's a fantastic thing, and you, you don't see it in many sports. Um, and you, what you really don't want to see is, uh, you know, there's there's examples like Colin Kaepernick in NFL, or uh, you know, way back Muhammad Ali, or back news Cassius Clay, uh, people being made pariahs and outcasts, um, and punished for for taking positive political stances. So uh, you know, it's a very good thing, in that sense. I think that are things to be critical of like for example you can you can get like a a socially progressive phrase on the back of your jersey uh, and I'm told that you cannot put the actual names of you know victims of, of police violence however you can have the phrase say the names which I think is a bit of a contradiction <laughs> it's like I'm sure they have their reasons but yeah ultimately well yeah I think it's important to remain skeptical about their motivations it is a good thing they're doing uh, and it's been handled about mm-hmm. as well as it can be from my perspective and you, you can only commend the players I think that they are continuing to do a fantastic job in mobilising people that's, that's all I have to say yeah no I I appreciate both of you and your input on that I um, think Bob you had the optimism that I had and, and Duncan you, you, you circled down to an important point on the kind of scepticism that I think we, we still always have to have um, in any organization within our, our lovely world that we we live in um and it, it it goes back to a point that i said around the covid um uh precautions that the nba have taken they go hand in hand um you know they, they've taken massive amount of precautions and they're getting big pats in the back as you know they've done everything they can physically do to keep the players safe 
but it's a bottom line decision. We're doing this for money. That that is what drives the league. Um, it's a popular opinion at the moment to be supportive of this movement. Um, and how close the NBA are to to the the culture that it um, it, it it it's kind of benefiting from. It it needs to have these kind of progressive stances. Not saying that it's bad. Same idea about someone donating to charity and getting a lot of patting on the back for it. What was the motivation compared to what the change was made? But ultimately, the last thing I want to hit on is, again, it's the players as a collective that seem to be very, very, very dedicated at the high level. So that this is the difference that we... You, Bob, you kind of hit on there as well, that the UFC don't have this unionization um, to be able to make these kind of moves but the high level players like Chris Paul, head of the Players Association, LeBron James um, you know, Kyrie Irving massively outspoken at the moment uh, going and running rallies himself each of the individual players that exist at a high level, the highest paid players are combined and all on the same page for the most part and what they want to achieve, and will put the pressure on the league to continue to actually see action, not just bullshit messaging. Um, so yeah, important issue. We we've hit on it again, as I, I think it's important that we do. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see what that that kind of manifests into going forward, um, particularly across other sports and the UFC. If something starts coming out um, on on this, if the you know we start to see more pressure um, for, from this movement going forward. Perfect. So let's let's uh, let's lift the mood a little bit. Um, so let's do a quiz. <laughs> I thought I'd, I I thought I'd end I thought I'd end this uh, this podcast with a little bit of a quiz, and I'd return it to the theme of uh, King of the Casuals. Now I, I am I am the king of the UFC Casuals. We know this; it's been proven scientifically, been proven at this point. However, we you be- both, we conceived, we believed. And we achieved that is the <laughs> MMA scientific method, <laughs> and I, I I I took that with two hands and, and achieved. Um, yeah, yeah. Now I, I you you're two my my NBA uh, prodigies padawans, um, and and you are now officially casuals. But who is the king of the casual? Oh, no. uh, and I I'm gonna fr- try and find that out today. So uh, if All I right. don't think we've got a jingle for this, I, I don't know. We could put in something in post maybe, uh, but uh, yeah. Let's do a quiz. throw something in there uh, right so so we're going to do three rounds maybe four uh, we'll see how it goes um, it'll be a point system and I think we're going to do it against each other for the most part so you're going to be competing you'll take turns answering first first round will be multiple choice second round will be true or false um, and the third round will be a, 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 a game called go on name them where essentially you're going to be bidding against each other to see who can get the most on a topic um should be quite fun now you'll take tons um 
answering these because obviously you can both take the same answer if you want, but you can both go against each other. And I'll I'll keep a I'll keep a note of your scores, um, on my you're a, pad here. You're a regular Chris Paul Tarrant here, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, what's what's Chris Tarrant's catchphrase? I was about to say it. Who wants to be a millionaire? That's about it. Oh, we, don't want you, we, we don't want to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Final answer. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Fuck okay, Ann right, Robinson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think that was Basil Bross that fucked Ann Robinson, was it not? <laughs> boom 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 boom. <laughs> Final answer. Boom boom. On right, gang, right, on let's... gang. Right, that sounds great. Right, let's get into it. Right, he's into it. Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's do uh, it. Multiple let's choice. R- round one. We've got six six questions here. Right. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, Robert, you're gonna answer first, right? And Duncan, you'll go second. Um, right, ready. So I'm gonna give A, B, and C a D. Right. Question one. Do 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 do. <laughs> Robert, you're on I sound effects duty. <laughs> I want it. I want it. Uh, right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. New York, the New York Knicks have an arena in New York. What is that arena called? Is it A, the TD Garden, B, Oracle Arena, C, the Swish House? Or D, Madison Square Garden. Robert, you're going first. Mm, okay, so TD Garden, Swish House, Madison Square Garden. What was the second one? Oracle Arena. So A, TD, B, Oracle, C, Swish House, D, Madison Square. Well, I know Jay-Z has mentioned the Knicks in his rings before. When you said New York, you know, my mind automatically went to New York, Kansas City, Shithawks. <laughs> um, but we're not. We're don't not know where. Don't know where they play out of. But that's not the question. <laughs> that's not the question. You know what? Um, I'm totally guessing. But based on weird chatter that I've heard in my head, I'm going to go off of a the TD Garden. I don't a, think Swish House okay. sounds like a real place, <laughs> so that's eliminated. Madison Square okay. Garden. I feel like. Well, don't wait. give it too much oh, away. Don't wait, st- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No, I change it. I change it. Change it to Madison Square Garden B, and you know why? Why? Because Jackie Chan in Rush Hour says, "I want to see <laughs> Madison Square Garden and see the Knicks play." D final answer. Rush Hour to the right. rescue. Right. Okay. Okay. I like it. Come on, Jackie. Don't let me down, mate. Don't let me down. Your answer is correct, Bob. Yes, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought I got to answer that question too. Is that a one? Uh, yeah, but Ro- what, what uh, well, I was going to do it both, but I, since we've got six questions, I'll, I'll go alternate, and I think that that'll okay. work, right? I I knew that one. That's ah. right, did you? As Jackie said in I the bloopers, I always I wanted to said, square Martin. Right. <laughs> I knew that right, one because my favourite player of all time, Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity Baby, twenty twenty. Uh, let's get it. Was, was, uh, on the, on the, the, the next. Curl- Currently not in the league, but well done. Yeah. Good knowledge. Right, question, better question, things. He's, he's facing the moon two. stars on the moon. <laughs> moon stars. Come on, Jeremy, save, save our planet. Sorry, Connor, on you, on you go. On you go. 
Oh, that's good, right. So, quest, so this is what we're doing now. Question two, this is your question, Duncan, right? You ready? Yes. How long is an NBA shot clock? Is it A, 24 seconds, B, 32 seconds, C, 16 seconds, or D, 14 seconds? Colin, I was sure you were going to say, how long is Willem Dafoe's hog? I said, how long is Willem Dafoe's hog? 16 no. seconds. Would have been, I've, I've, missed, I've missed a trick wish, here, though. I wish you had, because I, I know that answer as well. I know it to, to the centimetre. <laughs> I could have answered it, my friend. Um, right, go, go, go over them again. So, right, so how long is an NBA shot clock? Shot 24 clock seconds, 32 seconds, 16 seconds, or 14 seconds? If I had to just tell you without multiple choice, I'd have said 21. Maybe I'm just thinking of So Solid Crew having 21 seconds to go. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. go 24 because mm-hmm. it's the closest. So that's A24. A24, okay. Bob, what would you have gone for? I would have went for 24 as well. Okay. That is correct. Yes. Well, Only Duncan gets well the done. point there, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 So, so, so that's 1-1. One, one. Feeling good? You're doing better than mm-hmm. I did for sure when I was mm-hmm. answering my UFC questions. <laughs> if we get them all right, Colin, you're the king of the casuals, I'm afraid. So um, you better, I, better I, step up your question uh, game. I'll start. I'll start sweating here. Right, question three, Robert. Um, uh, can you tell me the record for the most points in an NBA game? Is it A, eighty-one, B, one hundred and eleven, C? A hundred, or D, ninety-seven. I should add that this is most points by one player. So the most points ah, by a player. okay. Because I was like, so, hundred and eleven yeah, seems yeah. like a very average score for an NBA. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. No, so it's it's the most points right, for okay. a single player in a game. So A eighty-one, B one hundred and eleven, C a hundred, or a D ninety-seven. I feel like hundred is too perfect a number to have points for but at the same time the unusualness makes me think that it could be it so I'm going to say I have no idea really I have no idea about NBA records um, I'm totally guessing but because it's a nice round number and it seems unusual and unlikely I'm going to go for C 100 points scored by one player C okay Duncan what would you have gone for one of the higher ones um, not the highest one the second highest one what's that uh, that is 100, actually. Oh, that's 100. So, 118 or whatever? What was the highest one? I was 100, 111 was the highest. 111, yeah. So, you'd have gone 111. I can say that uh, Robert is correct. Oh! Yeah. Bang on. Now, there's some skepticism, fun fact, on uh, this actually being a, a real uh, score in a game. The only evidence is a couple of visual reports... Uh, and a sign of Wilt Chamberlain holding up a 100 piece of paper that had been ri- literally sharpied onto it. Um, however, by all accounts, it, was, it wasn't the NBA at the time, but it was officially the highest scoring game in 1962 by one player. Um, uh. Could you tell me who the second highest scoring p- player was? Jeremy Lin. Jeremy uh, Lin. I'm going to go with the tall blue one from the Monsters. Uh, close. Kobe Bryant. With uh, 82. Um, 82. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. So that's Robert, you're on two now. He's slammed Duncan right. on Jesus now, it's okay. 
True. True. <laughs> Facts. I've told you. I'm the biblical <laughs> one here. I'm telling you, it's happening. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Next question, Duncan. You ready? Yep. Let me just bring this up. So, I've got a, a fun one here, right? Oh. Which of these NBA players is not a real player that played in the league? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Hit me. Kevin Garnett. A. Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. B. Muggsy Bogues. Mm-hmm. C. Craig Hainsley. Mm-hmm. Or D. Patrick Ewing. C. Craig Hainsley. Is this a trick question? Oh. <laughs> I feel like I made that one maybe a bit too easy then. Yeah, you got it right. I say C. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well done. Well done. I was actually, when I was reading through, I was like, I've probably picked too many easy names here. I was going to throw a curveball in, like, uh, like, I feel a, like you might be a Jared Dudley or like, something. You might be saying, like, Partick Ewing or something to try. <laughs> I'd not know it or something. I thought that was it. Uh, pa- no, pa- no, Patrick Partick Ewing. I feel like to tr- make this a real, things. real, a real king of the casuals. Um, I, I had to try and make it a little bit straightforward. I forgot that you've been doing a little bit more research. Doing my homework. Uh, so that's us on two two. Two two. Yeah, right, question five, around one. Robert, you ready? Alright, I'm ready. I'm so, um. This this one is uh, maybe a little bit um, harder. I don't know. Um, uh, so sorry. can you tell me? <laughs> this is for you. So can you tell me how many teams are currently in the NBA? Oh God! As there, twenty eight, A twenty eight, B thirty two, C thirty, or D forty. Let's start naming them right. Jazz, Pelicans, <laughs> Raptors, Kansas City Shithawks, Kansas City Shithawks, the Munsters, the Toon Squad, and the Celtics. Uh, is is eight an answer? <laughs> um, twenty eight. So twenty eight. A twenty eight. B thirty two. C thirty or D forty. You've just made me realise something strange that this means that not every state has a team because there's 50 states and some states have multiple teams because it's mm-hmm. bigger cities and we also have yep. the Raptors which I know are from Toronto which is like an oddity because it's like a, a satellite team yep. almost it's, it's a Canadian based mm-hmm. team yeah fun so fact think, uh, so Mem- now- Memphis's team used to be in uh, Canada as well really? not anymore yeah they, well, they, they, they relocated mm. uh, yeah they were uh, uh, Vancouver wasn't the Timberwolves was it Colin hmm, sorry wasn't it. no <laughs> right okay I'm gonna guess I'm not gonna waste your time I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess 32 it has been an even number I'm gonna say 32 32 Duncan what would you have said I'd say the same 32 the answer is incorrect ah, I got no! you finally finally no! I mean, it's 40 uh, then it, it wasn't. No, it's thirty. Believe it or not. Thirty. Yeah. What? Ah, it seems thirty. Cool. Th- thirty total teams. What um, a joke, man. Thirty. De- <laughs> Did you include the Globe Trotters and the Generals? I, I must have must have forgotten. Did you them, even actually. include the Monsters? <laughs> I don't think you did. Nope. 
<laughs> so that's, that's me finally got a, a wrong answer out of one of these. What about like yeah. the Adidas 11 or World 11 like in FIFA? That's surely a team. <laughs> they, they, yeah, the, the all-star teams actually, if you add them in, to be fair. Well, you know <laughs> I'm what? sure that's what you were thinking of. I thought, I thought Globetrotters yeah. and the all-star team, 32. <laughs> The, the, the FIFA Street Bulldogs, you know. <laughs> you mean the Fresno Street Bulldogs? <laughs> FIFA Street, man, I meant FIFA Street. Oh, man. Right, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the last question, right? I'm down. Now, I don't, yeah, this I one is wrong. also maybe a little bit harder. I'm not sure. You might know the answer. I will. Um, can you tell me how many teams LeBron James has played on? Right, he's played do, on do, the Cavs, the the Lakers, and I think there's just one more because he started with the Cavs. So you, your options are A, B, C, oh, D, right. one, two, three, or right. four. One, one two, two, three, three or four. four. Oh, I think are we are we just including NBA teams? Yeah, or high NBA school teams? teams yeah, stuff. No, no a- NBA teams. Right, NBA quiz, NBA teams. I think it has to be three. Is it three? Is that your final answer? That's my final answer, three. You're correct. I know, man! Well done, boy. Yeah. Was it the Heat he went to play for? It was was the the Heat. Now, I thought, I didn't know whether you would, because he's he's played in Cleveland twice, because he left Cleveland to go to Miami and then came back to Cleveland. I thought you might have thought of the extra move. Um, Mm. But no, you, you got it. You got it. Um, now I've actually got two bonus questions for around this one okay. if you want them as well. Yeah, yeah, um, we so like I can questions. Gi- I can give I can give you one one each. Um, uh, okay, maybe I can pull it back to draw. You can even the score um, Actually, no. Let's let's uh, let's say if you can uh, get it both. If you can get it right, uh, you will get a point. You can just throw a guess in, right? How many championships has he won across those three teams? LeBron, yeah. Lastly, yep, I'm not for giving... one of them. <laughs> uh, and you can both throw a guess out. Um, I'd say take Robert. You can go first since you're behind. Um, Duncan, you can't take his answer. <laughs> I am going to say that LeBron James has won six championships. Six. Six. Okay. Got. I've got Do six get... down. Do I get the point if I'm closer, or do I have to get dead on? No, you you have to get it right. It's a bonus, mate. I'm pretty sure it's not six. I feel like it's... Mm, I'm going to say... Right, I know he won with the Heat. I know he won with the Cavs. He's not won with LA. But how many did he win with the, the Heat and the Cavs? That's the question. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to go on the lower side of things. I'm going to say... Three or four. I'll go with... I'm going to go with three. Three? Final oh, should answer? Should I go with four? I'll go with three, I'll go with three. Final answer? You seem yeah. like you're on the fence here, mate. No, I'll go with three. You are correct. Oh, what? No way. <laughs> yeah. Then why is he so good? He's only won three. <laughs> uh, but the thing is... Um, all of my basketball knowledge I've got from Colin, who never shuts <laughs> up about LeBron James. <laughs> so it's just like biased questions, you know. That is actually LeBron. a fair point. But yeah, so he's, he's got three championships. He got two with Miami, 2011-12, 12-13, and then he got the one in Cleveland in 15-16. Uh, 
I thought he had multiple from Cleveland and one from Miami. That's why I thought six. But I have to ask you a question, Colin. Have you seen the Mm -hmm. vine of the little black boy going, LeBron James? Yeah, yeah. he's one of of my faves. It makes me happy knowing that you've seen that. You can carry on. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you can throw that sign on the post as well. You can somewhere. LeBron James. (laughs) Yep, I will. Uh, Right, okay. Round two. We're flying through this. <laughs> so this one, this one, you can uh, you'll be going against each other, but you will both be giving me an answer for each question. So try not give too much away, and it is as simple as true or false. Um, so you, you go go with it, and you let me know which one you want to go with. Again, we'll start with Robert, um, and you give a true or false first, and then Duncan follows in that question. Make sense? Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Right, question one. Michael Jordan has the most championships of any player that, to ever play in the NBA. Michael Jordan has the most championships of any player to play in the NBA. True or false? True. True. So I've got Robert down as true. Duncan? False. I know it's false. You know it's false? I Are you going to elaborate? Uh, Bill Russell has the most championships in the NBA. He's only gone and fucking done it. <laughs> what? Yes, yeah. Man. Oh That's my god. Hundred percent. So, so. Fun fact: Bill Russell has uh, so many rings, as in championships, that he actually can't fit them in his hands. He has eleven, so he has one for a toe. Who the fuck is Bill Russell? Is he's like a real person? <laughs> this is what I was saying, Robert. They've they've invented this whole lore and this whole history about it with all these mad characters. It's pure. It's really difficult to, to keep up with. <laughs> Bill, Bill Russell, Russell sounds like some guy who your taxes. He played played for the Celtics in the sixties when the Celtics were like when there was less teams than NBA and the Celtics, um, Lakers, Knicks uh, were all very dominant. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he, he killed it, <laughs> pretty much. Hey, does, does that... Michael Jordan saving the world not count for anything these days? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he did win that championship with the Looney Tunes. That's worth at least five, right? There's a so reason Bill, it... Bill Murray's in the Hall of Fame, Colin. <laughs> right, question two. Right, okay, on you. Um, so, Duncan, you're answering first this time. Kobe... Bean Bryant has only ever played on the LA Lakers. True or false? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... I'll say true. Why not? No idea. True? You're saying true? Okay. Robert, true or False. Since Duncan's intuition's been pretty good so far, I'm going to be a wee copycat and say true as well. Name of the game. You fit within your rights to do so. And you are both... Correct. Both correct. You did well there, Robert, to uh, cheat cheat. Um, So yeah. Now, fun fact. uh, Kobe was actually drafted by another team. He was drafted by the Hornets. Um... 
uh, on was that nineteen ninety eight the nineteen ninety eight draft I think, um and then he was traded on draft night to the Lakers. He then proceeded to play for the Lakers until he retired uh, in the two thousand and sixteen. You could have um, trick so, yeah. questioned us with that, Colin. Not that we'd know it was a trick question if you did. But, well, again, um, there was options there to definitely trick question you in terms of asking about the draft but I'm try- I've am i been trying to be fair here guys yeah. to give you questions that I feel like there might be some insight into um, so you both got that one correct um, so well I'm done still, thank you I'm still waiting for like a like a like a trick question like I don't know like Kevin Garnett how long did he play for like the Ohio Buzzhawks or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and, the answer, and the answer is zero because they don't exist uh, <laughs> we'll see though right. next one so, Robert, you'll be answering first on this one. All right. Question three. The Lakers have won the most NBA championships in NBA history. The Lakers have won the most championships in NBA history. True or false? False. So you're going to go with false? I'm going to go with false. Okay. So, Robert, you're down as false. Duncan? I, th- I think it. I think it's false because I, I. I'm going to say it's. I don't know this, but I think it's the Celtics that won the most ever. Not definitely so you not think, the Lakers. So you don't think the Lakers? You think the Celtics? So you're both going yeah. with false. Both false. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you are both. Correct. Again, well done, boys. You're playing hey. very well. Uh, so yes, you are actually correct as well, Duncan. The Celtics do have the most championships, but not by that many. The they actually have seventeen in total, um, where the Lakers have sixteen. Um, so it's very close. close. Um, I, I didn't think that'd be that close at all, but yeah. uh, they are well and up ahead. Well and up ahead over any other teams. The follow-up behind that are Chicago Bulls at six, tied with Golden State at six. Um, so they're, they are particularly dominant in the kind of early making of the league um, when it was like 50s, 60s. Um, and then as the league's progressed, more teams have started to pick up championships. But both Lakers and Celtics in this year are also still competing for championships. So yeah, very good teams. So that is another point for you both. Well done. One the hoops. One the hoops. Good sell it, boys. <laughs> okay, next question. Question four. And am I right saying, Duncan, you'll be going first in this one? Mm-hmm. So, right. Question four. The Cavaliers. Here we go. Good start for you. Oh, <laughs> The Cavaliers are the only team to come back from a 3-1 deficit in an NBA final. The Cavaliers are the only team to come back from a 3-1 deficit in an NBA final. True or false? Uh, now, I know that they did, so it's, it's not a trick question. However, the, are they the only team to do it? That's the, that's the, that's... Can you just repeat the question one more time, Colin? Of course. So the Cavaliers, the Cleveland Mm -hmm. Cavaliers, are the only team to come back from a 3-1 deficit in an NBA final. Okay, so so just the finals. Um, I'm sure teams have came back from 3-1 deficits in in many games, but finals, I'm going to say they are the only team to have done that, so true. They they are, so you're going with true? Okay. I'm going with true. Robert, 
up over to you. Are the Cavs the only team to come back from three one? No. I don't actually know the answer to this question, but knowing you, Colin, as a massive Cavs fan, I don't think you would have included the statistic about the Cavs unless it was a big positive for them. So That's I'm a good point, say, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to say true. It's true. They're the only team to have done so. So, uh, Duncan, you were right in saying that I was not lying. They did come back from 3-1. And Robert, you're very astute that I would never include a fact like that unless they were the only team to ever fucking do it. So you both are correct. Well done. Yeah. Robert, you're, you're not answering the questions, you're answering the man. And I like it. <laughs> I just watched Casino Royale on Netflix again and as he says, you don't play the whole table, you play the man opposite you when it comes to poker. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Feeling that. Right. Question five, right? This is the last one on the, the true or false uh, round. Now, uh, Robert, uh, back to back to you answering first on this one. Now, that th- this one I think is probably my most tricky one, um, but since it's true or false, you've always got a fifty-fifty chance That's of getting true. it right. Fifty-fifty. So, the worst record in NBA history had a team win less than ten games out of a possible eighty-two. So, the worst record in NBA history had a team go less than. 10 games with or 10 wins in that season out of a possible 82 wins is that true or false I have no idea so I'm not going to overthink it and say true it's true you're going to say it's true I love the I love the confidence so you're saying that a team went less than 10 games out of 82 okay Absolute shiters fact well I happen to know that the Washington Generals uh, never won a game, so uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that it's false because they they've never won in, in decades. There you go. And also to add, okay. add some tension, I don't know if the answer truthfully, so I'm just gonna say false. Okay, uh, so I will reveal that Robert is correct. Yeah. So Robert gets the point. So yeah, um, I love I love the effort there, Duncan, on throwing the Washington Generals in. Um, they they are not the team that we're referencing, uh, and also I thought the, the Generals uh, were due. Damn it! <laughs> so so just again, fun fact on this one: uh, the worst record in NBA history was nine and seventy three. So nine wins and seventy three losses, and it was by Philadelphia in the seventy two seventy three season, um, and that was with a lot of effort from one of their good players on that team. Can you tell me who the second worst record was by? Out of any out of curiosity. Oh, uh, <laughs> Colin, I think this might be a particularly hurtful answer. Perhaps uh, is it the Cavs this season? Is that? Uh, no, but I, oh, I love I that, that you went there. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> so that it's actually it was it was more of a, a fun one to say the second okay. worst record is actually held by Philadelphia as well, in oh, uh, and yeah. <laughs> in the fifteen sixteen season, so only a couple of years ago, where they actually went ten and seventy two. So as much as we're saying that they were only one under that ten threshold that I set you, they were still under it in the seventy three season. Um, both seasons absolute hot garbage um so yeah um can you actually i'll throw in a little bonus here throwing this off um so this is a you can give me answer yourself and duncan you'll go first robert you go second i'm not going to give you options either 
I thought it was went... different. Oh, I think yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can you tell me the team that has the best record in NBA history? So just like the highest percentage of, of wins across so, every so, single one of their so games. The, the mo- yeah, so the most wins in a season. So we just gone over that it was 9-73 is the worst record. What's the, not specifically, but who has the best record? If Philly have the worst. Unless they've been overtaken, which could be possible. I think it's the Golden State Warriors. Regular season gonna, record. I was also going to say the GSW, Golden State Warriors. Okay, I'm going to give you both a point. Well done. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's correct. They, they uh, actually only in the season that the Cavs went to their triumphant victory uh, took the record off the uh, 1994 Bulls um, and won 73 games, previous record by the Bulls of 72. So, very, very good. Um, proceeded to lose badly uh, and as the Cavs came back from 3-1, as we have already established. Um, so, go, going out of that round, we are uh, sitting with Duncan on nine points and, Robert, you're on a very respectable seven. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, relatively close. So, so, as Your we plate. go into this, uh, we have. I think we'll do one more. I think one more round fits this, um, and what we we can call it after that. Um, and I think this is quite a fun game. It might take a bit of explaining, but I'll do my best. So we're gonna play a game of go on name them. I am literally stealing this from one of my favorite podcasts. So I'm gonna just give them a shout out. I think they've stole it from the Alan Partridge show as well. So it's not our original idea, uh, but the idea is uh, from the NBS or the uh, IGN UK podcast. Uh, I will give you a topic. Uh, between the two of you, um, you will go in turns to bid how many um, of said topic you can list. Um, if you do not feel that the other person can list the number, you will tell them to go on name them. And if they, that will force them to list the number that they have said. If you are not going to say it, you need to put another bid in. So essentially the person with the highest bid until the... The other person tells them they have to name their number on that list and um, has to proceed to name them. If you can't name all of them or up to the number that you've said, the other person will get the point. If you get all the ones that you've named or say I said I can bet seven of a topic and I name all seven, I'll get that point. That makes sense. Okay. I'm not sure yeah. I've explained it very well. I kind of get it. Oh. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll try and keep keep you right as as we go yeah. through. Um, now, uh, we have, uh, we're going to start... Uh, relatively st- straight arrow on this and we'll move into two uh, well one fun topic and one uh, very off brand well off topic for this podcast but I'm going to enjoy it um, so topic number one there are as we have established 30 NBA teams how many can you name and uh, I yeah. I will let you decide who can go first uh, and proceed to bet. So, but if does this game escalate? Like if I say five and then name five and Robert says six and name six, does he just win like that? No, 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 no. So you can say five and then Robert mm-hmm. would say to you either go on name your five and you'll proceed to then name them and if you get them you win the point. But if he yeah. says six, then you get to decide whether he's going to name them or you're going to bid higher. Okay. Duncan, would you like to start the bidding? Uh, I shall, if I'm playing this correctly, I shall bid. I shall see. I can name 
Eight teams. Eight? Eight okay. teams. Yeah. Robert, would you like to go higher? I like to go higher. I think I could name 15 teams. Okay. 15? Oh, he's going big. 15. Duncan? 15's pretty serious. That's half the league. Ooh, it's 15. Big, would you, would bo- you like Robert... Shit. Would you like Robert to name them, or are you going to go higher? I was starting low intentionally. I could name 16. Oh! <laughs> oh. Right. Oh. I like it. 16, eh? This is good. Right. Robert, what's your thoughts? Mm. You're going to go higher? I... Mm, I need to redeem myself after losing there. So, you know what? I'm going to say I could name 17. Oh, 18, 18, oh. 18, 18, 18, I'm, I'm here, I need to win it, right, okay, I want to hear you name 18 then, oh shit, I was hoping you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I was going to bait you into one more and then, uh, okay, am I naming 18 teams, right, so yeah, so let me, let me, I'll know them obviously, but I'll keep a note of what you've got, uh, okay. right, so, 18 teams, Duncan, when you are ready, if you get one wrong, if you get one wrong, mm-hmm. also I should add you that you don't get to continue to name them. So if you, you name a wrong team, I can't just. I was just going to say random city plus random noun. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that one. Oh damn it! Right, LA right, Lakers. So, yep. LA Clippers. Yep. Sacramento Kings. Yep. Golden State Warriors. Yep. Uh, New York Knicks. Yep. Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. Utah Jazz. Yep. Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. Denver Nuggets. Yep. Boston Celtics. Yep. Detroit Pistons. Yep. Chicago Bulls. Bulls, yep. Miami Heat. Yep, I think that's one more for Masters, right? Yeah. Charlotte Hornets. Damn it, I should have went higher. I did not have enough faith in you, I should have went higher. Uh, Robert, could you have named any outside of that? Uh, let's see, Portland Trailblazers, Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets. I don't know if Duncan said the Knicks. We got, we got the Nets, but we didn't get the Knicks. Utah Jazz, San Antonio Spurs. Um, i trying to think what else. Minnesota Timberwolves, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, ah, man, what else was I think of? I'm trying, like, I'm picturing, like, I actually have a map. I should just look at the map up here. Look at the teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying uh, to picture Orlando and go Wizards. from left, I, left to right. I, w- I won't, I won't force you to name. Uh, no, you would, you would have, you would have, uh. Oh, no, magic. It's the wrong. magic. Yeah. It's the yeah. Washington Wizards. But, yeah, well done. I'm actually, I have to say, both of you is very impressed. I, uh. I, w- I went in with that with the expectation of much lower bets, I have to say. So, uh, very impressed to you both, I will say. Um, now, I'm going to take a swerve here, but we're still kind of related to basketball for question two. My topic is, 
filmography of Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my! <laughs> now I've <laughs> now I have gone on and I've had a look. Um, now he's actually got forty-eight billings where he's been either a voice actor or a t- in a TV. But what I'm looking for is his films that he has appeared in, and of which we have nineteen appearances in films. Um, so that out of a total of nineteen, how many can you name? Hang on, Robert. I can I can name two. Is this? <laughs> Are they both because of the Mandela effect? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> isn't there a thing where he plays a genie in one film and people debate over what the name of the film actually was when they were growing up and if it was actually Shaquille O'Neal or not? Hmm. Two, you say? Yeah. Robert, do you think you can go higher than two or are you going to make him name them? I don't think I could even do one, Colin. <laughs> I thought we'd have a, a bit here uh, where you might. <laughs> like, why did you think a, we'd have a bit? I don't know. <laughs> Esteemed actor, Academy Award winner Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, he's been in seventeen films. It's not my fault you haven't seen. Them. <laughs> did he? Did I, he play? Uh, hang on. Did he play parts of the environment? Like did he dress him up as a boulder or something? <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. No. Hey Bob, you're playing for time. I can name two. Are you, are you gonna are you gonna force them to name the two then? Hang on. No, I I could name three as a joke answer, but I'll, all I don't can name is two. I'm interested to know what they are. Okay. Right, even with two, I'm going to allow him here. Uh, I know he was in Steel. Yes, Steel is a uh, show. And yep. I'm hoping he was in Space Jam, but I don't actually know. <laughs> he was not in Space Jam. <laughs> Or was it? Or was it? He was not not in Space Jam. How could he not be in Space Jam? Um, Uh, I met Shaquille O'Neal once in Miami at a mall. He was surprisingly deserved and very funny. Yeah, everyone who says that they've met him is is, a very fun guy. No, the, Um, the true story is I was at an outdoor mall in Miami on a date with my wife and we saw Shaq from a distance and I went, Shaq! And he turned around and that was it. I was about oh, wow. I was about 100 meters away, so I wasn't really meeting him. But I have He's seen got chicken. big ears, though. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's yeah. Like an el- it's like an elephant. Right. right so uh, I'm going to throw in a couple other ones, and I'm going to be surprised that you had didn't maybe know that he was in some of these. At least a couple. Um, so we've got no idea, blue man. chips. Kazam. No. Kazam is the one I'm talking about. Some people think it's the, called Shazam. Yeah, where you're where he's a genie. Yeah, that's what I thought you were getting onto, Bob. And I thought when you started with that, you might have got into a couple more there. Uh, he was in Good Burger. If you remember the kind of Keenan and Kel. Oh yeah. Um, Steel, as you mentioned, uh, Duncan, Chairman of the Board, um, Freddie got fingered. Uh, most of the things he's most of the things he he's in. To be fair, he plays himself. Uh, uh, he was in something called The Wash. He was in After the Sunset. He was in Scary Movie Four, um, he, where he was shooting a board bowl. He was in like a saw-like environment, and he was like, "I remember this. Like this one stuck with me as a kid." But I guess I was around. Like I knew who he was. He was shooting like a a boulder into like a hoop to release them, and he misses the free throw. Uh, bad joke. He was in Jack and Jill, that horrible uh, Adam Sandler film. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, yeah, there's a couple of Smurfs too, Grown Ups too. Oh, of um, course, Shaquille O'Neal, well known for his recognisable voice, was in Smurfs now, see too. If, I was going to say, see if I was going to include video games, would you have been able to get an extra one? Shaq Fu. NBA. 
2K, well, NBA 2K10, NBA 2K12. <laughs> so both both of you are correct. Yeah, you've got uh, Shaq Fu and you've got him as a voice actor on the uh, 2K game. So yeah, go. no, that, that's good. So Robert, you get a point there, um, which brings you brings you up uh, to, I think seven. Is that right? Oh no, eight. I don't know. I'm not the Kobe. master scorekeeper here. Oh yeah, I think I think you're in seven, mate. Seven, seven, ten. Now, uh, this last one is a very big pivot, um, and it's really just for me. Um, and you both might struggle, or you both might do well. I've no idea. Um, so my ne- my last topic is uh, Overwatch characters, because why the fuck not? Um, we, I, I bring up Overwatch all the time on this. Um, I know you're both familiar with the game. Uh, Duncan, a little bit through your Blizzard association and me talking to you, and Robert, you've played it a bit, um, but not mass amounts of it. Uh, you said that Matt, like I've got I've got stocks in Blizzard or something like that. I played Warcraft, you know. Uh, um, yeah, so that's carried to diamond by Colin, probably. <laughs> so, so there's a there's a yeah, there's a total at the moment of thirty two characters in the game. Um, so how many can you name? Oh okay. You may start. If I had, yeah, right, Bob. I can name five. Overwatch characters. I'm gonna say like fifteen. You can do fifteen. Oh wow. Can you do more than that, Duncan? I I could do twenty. You're gonna bid twenty. Bid bid twenty. I'm bidding twenty two. Duncan, you higher? <laughs> right, let's, let's cut the shit. I'm going to bet 30. <laughs> You're going to name 30. <laughs> right. I'm betting 31. I'm going to bet all 32. I'll let you bamboozle me. There's no way you do 32. I'll do 32. You're going to try 32? 32. Jesus I want you to name them. I was not not expecting that. Okay, let me get my list out because I thought I'd be able to tell you without any hesitation. Right. Uh, my hands, my hands are off the screen, so honor systems. Are right. Great. Yep. I'm gonna have to note what you've you've got here, right? So we're going 32 here. Don't when act you like you ready. don't already have a checklist ready of your favorite Overwatch characters, alright? <laughs> yeah, just look at the poster on your wall, call, and that'll uh, help you. Right. So let's see. You're gonna have to keep me on track. I'm just gonna go off, right? I'm not gonna do it by type of character or anything like that. So okay. Right. We'll start with Symmetra. Yep. Junkrat. Yep. Roadhog. Yep. Soldier 76. Yep. Um, Mercy. Yep. Lucio. Yep. Moira or Mora. I don't know. Yep, yep, yeah, that's fine. Brigitte. Yep. Um... <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, McCree. Yep. Zenyatta. Yep. Wrecking Ball. Yep. And we have May. Yep. What am I at right now? It's like 10. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You're on 12. Oh, gosh. No, I'm not, not going to get all these, but I'll try my best. Right. Let's um, see. Damage. Zen- uh, I said Zenyatta. We're going to go with Hanzo. Yep. Genji. Yep. Uh, Ash. Yep. 
and then we'll go back to those characters for a minute. We're gonna go with Reinhardt. Yep. Uh, I feel like I'm running out of time, even though there's not a timer. I'm gonna have to put like the, the countdown clock. Yeah, in the you've 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 got edit. you've got the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take too much time though. Let's see, Lucio. Yep. Uh, we've got Lucio already. Oh damn it! Okay. Ah, uh, all right. Um, it, it's easier Bob, if you write one if you just write down the ones you've already got, so you know you've already said them. Oh, that's true. Well, it's okay. That's okay. Um, I'll try a couple more if I can't get those. That's it. Sombra. Yep. Reaper. Yep. You know what, man? I'm gonna call it there because I'm really drawing a blank on the rest of their faces. <laughs> How many did I get? How many did I get? Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Which is very admirable. I didn't think very either good. of you yeah. would be pushing close Solid. to that. Uh, so well done. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, my brain kept going to the joke names we had for characters, like David Torley, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's how you get you get the association and then you can get to them. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't say I can't remember his real name, so I was just like, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go through necessarily the remainder ones that you've not got because uh, there's there's still quite a few. But that that was a, that was an admirable effort. The one I thought you might yeah, get would have been Torb. Uh, oh, Torb, you of course. Yeah, but uh, no, very good. Okay, so with with that in mind, we finished the scores with Duncan on eleven and and Robert uh, with a respectable uh, seven. Um, so ah. yeah, well, well played. Well, well done. Well played, sir. Well played. So so officially, by definition, then uh, Robert, you are officially now the king of the casuals. I am the LeBron James of the casuals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, but uh, th- thank you both for uh, humouring me through that. Um, I had a massive amount of fun throwing it together, uh, and uh, yeah, I-, I like like picking your brains when it comes to basketball because it's uh, an interest. Everyone I speak to about basketball most of the time um, has an invested interest in it already uh, to to a much larger extent than both of you. Um, but it's it's kind of nice to bat the idea back and forward between us since we talk about sports so much, but just in a different context. Um. So yeah. No, I want to thank you both for taking the time uh, to go through it. Um. And uh, yeah. Thank you for hosting. Yeah, it's no no problem. I I Pleasure's actually quite, I, was calling. I quite 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 enjoyed uh hosting. Uh, more than happy to do a couple of these more as we go forward. Maybe picking another off the wall topic, um, and and kind of taking us through. But uh. I will relinquish my reins back to you, Robert, uh, for for the next next <laughs> next foreseeable, um, as you I, you do a much better job than I do. <laughs> I would say I do an acceptable job, but you did a good job today, man. So thanks for hosting. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I feel like I did learn a bit more about the yeah. NBA, and it's got me more interested. And I hope that anyone uh, listening takes an interest in not just one but two of our obscure sports well mb is not obscure but to scottish people it's a little bit i mean obscure. as 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 to the the audience that are people in, well people in scotland and people who would maybe listen to this who you know there's not a lot of transferable people i don't think when it comes to ufc fandom outside of the people that are aware that conor mcgregor exists uh, when you talk to people that are fans of the nba so um, should he play for the yeah. Celtics? 
I think he did, yeah. Him and him and Shamrock for sure. He was Shamrock was kicking about in those uh, Bill Russell days for sure. Awesome. Uh, but no, let's let's at our next next uh, podcast as you usually end will hopefully be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we don't have a lot of UFC, I don't think. Still a little bit on the horizon. We're still waiting on that October card, really. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get um. That well, October card will be something to talk about, but we're gonna get try and get our, my old uh, slash our old uh, MMA coach John Jameson on for a chat. That'd be a good laugh. So hopefully we'll get that done in the near future. But we'll keep people posted. Perfect. I'll, right, well, man. thank you very much, both, and I'll speak to you both soon. Thank you, man. Cheers. Bye. Always a pleasure. Peace. Shitty bye. You know how much I sacrificed. <laughs>